<laughs> Hello and welcome to Drive It Double Feature Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Ryan. And this is the podcast where we talk about two movies a week every Tuesday and Thursday. But before we get into today's episode, check us out over at patreon.com. Over there, just for $5 a month, you get a bunch of fun bonus episodes and also you help support the show so we can get rentals and seek out some more obscure movies that are hard to find. But getting into today's episode it's another bondzilla week we got james bond we got godzilla we got bond we got godzilla yes we got bond and godzilla and they are here and on tuesday that's the bond day tuesday is meant for bond tuesday is for james bond not just the boys uh but this is the spy who loved me from 1977 it is directed by by lewis gilbert who also directed you only live twice which was kind of a favorite of the show that was actually a surprise like it still holds up as like one of my favorite ones so i was kind of excited getting into this one going back to it so yeah well i was kind of hoping you'd give me your honest opinion because tonight on this podcast i'm keeping all your secrets safe tonight you are thanks buddy (laughs) (laughs) you're not quoting anything are you (laughs) No, no. Okay, I didn't think so. Uh, but Roger Moore returns. We're back with more Roger Moore, James Bond. Uh, there's only a few of these left, right? There's not. There, we don't. We don't have too many. Uh, uh, I'm just kidding. We got a lot yeah. more Roger. We got, Roger yeah. Moore is here to stay. Uh, but yeah, Roger Moore is back. So if you're not a fan of Roger Moore, you can at least go into this one knowing that most people consider this to be the best roger moore james bond movie um it definitely has the most recognizable title the spy who loved me uh to the point where it's even parodied by austin powers the spy who shagged me if you've ever heard of that movie um i don't never know. yeah i don't know i don't know about the austin powers guy not like it's been referenced multiple times here I, yeah but i think but yeah. i think james bond ripped him off that's what i think that's what i that's what i'm thinking but ryan what's your experience with the spy who loved me uh very rarely seen this is actually only my second time watching it Mm -hmm. yeah very similar uh i've seen i've actually seen it before but it was a very long time ago it was pretty much out of my mind by the time i watched this so it was all pretty fresh new to me um so yeah i mean that's always exciting getting into a fresh new bond uh but yeah let's get right into the movie uh with its opening and it's funny, we will talk about this more on Thursday, but our Thursday Godzilla pick and this movie go pretty hand in hand well together, in my opinion, or at least in the villain plot. Yeah, I mean, you got a giant bug. Yes, a giant, yeah. <laughs> yeah if you don't forget, and then, uh, yeah, you got a giant bug and then you got this like cyborg looking chicken monster that's co- that comes up out of yeah, I don't know where. Uh, no, wait, that's the spy who loved me. That I wasn't describing Godzilla. Oh, you weren't. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you you mixed. It. Yeah, don't mix up the movies again, please. <laughs> but no, the the movie uh the the movie starts out pretty. You know, it, I don't know. It, it's not too like crazy. It's a submarine underwater, and 
uh oh, the submarine disappears. It's gone. What happened to it? It it I personally wasn't like crazy <laughs> excited by that whole prospect. Well, I mean, it's the it's literally the same as uh, what well, diamonds are forever, right? That's right. So, yes, yeah. But it gets it's of spaceships. It's it's, <laughs> it's uh, a, something even less exciting. Yeah, uh, and actually, right in the beginning, I. It's funny, we're going to talk about one thing happens again in a later Bond movie, and then there's kind of one thing that happens in an earlier Bond movie. So there is a really funny line where uh, M does say, we got to pull, we got, James Bond has to pull out right now. Uh, And of course, he's in the middle of having consensual sex with another woman. And uh, and as soon as he gets the call to stop, he he is out of there. Um, Yes with a sweet and he's like in the alps or something and he has like that sweet ski outfit on uh yeah, the, the 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 yellow yeah that man st- jumpsuit that man stands out um so this in, in this whole part he skis down a mountain getting chased by people and it made me re- it reminded me straight up of honor majesty's secret service which I think did it better. I think Majesty's Secret Service did it way better. They did, and I I totally agree. I mean, I I thought I like right away there was already like two plot points that's like okay, they did this already. And then mm-hmm. even the main plot point, which is getting into a little further of James Bond falling in love with the Russian spy. I'm like, okay, they did this from Russia with love as well. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. It, it felt, it feels like a retread. It's weird. I think maybe it's because Roger Moore's movies, even I wouldn't agree with this totally, but most people like, if you consider this to be maybe the best one or maybe better than uh, honor majesty secret service or a bunch of other James Bond movies, um, Maybe it's not a good sign about Roger Moore's movies. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, but I honestly think, and I mean, I like this movie. I think this movie has its good moments, but I do think we've already seen at least one Roger Moore movie that's better than this one. Mm-hmm. You don't agree? I really, really like this movie a lot. Really? Um, I, 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 There were parts where I was not into it. Nathan, I'm going to make a bold statement. This is this is my second favorite James Bond movie. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, wow. What's in number? What's number one? Gold, a Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger. Of but, course, yeah. But I don't. I just. I was so drawn in by everything. Okay. I mean, I just. I don't know. Like everything worked for me. Like I was like, I know I'm seeing the same stuff, but it's like, I I I like it. But and I I thought I mean the ski sequence yeah I'll give you that one that was done better and on mm-hmm. Her Majesty's Secret Service but I don't know just like the henchman I think I even said on Man with the Golden Gun that Nick Nack was my favorite henchman I after not after seeing Jaws I'm like no nah, it's it's Jaws it's Jaws but <laughs> yeah uh, but okay no I'm happy to hear that I'm glad to hear that you really like this one um and i mean it has good elements like i said it's good we'll kind of get into what i don't like about it i think it really happens towards the back half of the movie a little bit uh have you ever played the video game nightfire uh james bond nightfire yeah isn't that why do you remember the plot to that game at all 
I couldn't tell you one thing about it, but I know I played it. It's the plot of this movie, except this changed. Like it even has the underwater layer and everything. It, it it's pretty cool. But that I thought well, I just thought that was a cool thing. That was a part of this. Next, movie. you're gonna tell me the plot from the Russia Love video game, still from the from <laughs> Russia Love movie. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I I see. I never played that one, so I I can't I can't make the comparison. Gotcha. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry. Gold, the Golden Eye video game is just like the movie, though. I will say that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything. <laughs> but the skiing scene happens. But then the big stunt at the beginning of the movie happens, where um, the stunt double hops off of the ledge and parachutes. It's really slow, drawn out, and I think it's supposed to build up tension because he's falling, falling, falling parachute opens and then it's uh the union jack on the back of the parachute pretty good yeah stunt. I, yeah i that was i watched the documentary for this one and mm-hmm. they were talking about that stunt and because they they're like well how can we open this movie and they i guess they were looking like in a travel magazine and they saw somebody jumping off a, a cliff with skis mm-hmm. and they're like oh let's let's do that and we they're like we He's like, oh, we contacted the guy that was in that magazine, and he said, oh, I I didn't actually jump off there, <laughs> but I'll do it. Yeah, and I guess he did. <laughs> he, he did it. Didn't they do this? Wasn't this a one shot one? I also I believe like it was. They did it and it was done. Yeah. So they had they shot it from multiple camera angles, but mm-hmm. uh, two of them it didn't get them like in the way they wanted it. To look and mm-hmm. um that but the one that you see in the movie <clears throat> that's the one they finally went with and that was the one where it's an unbroken shot like all in one take mm-hmm. so yeah it's 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 a it was a one take shot and uh it's uh they they said like you know they were waiting for like the weather and they were kind of afraid that the guy was getting like cold feet he's like no no mm-hmm. i'm just waiting for the weather i swear <laughs> yeah uh the only problem my only problem with it is is it looked too real and i think they should have added a slide whistle in i oh, think that, I, can you imagine <laughs> if they did that i would i would that i would <laughs> that, that would probably that would take a point off of like the entire total oh yeah for me the the, the his parachute comes out and, the, and like a clown the clown horn plays uh yeah <laughs> no I'd, that i don't think they'll make that mistake again no, so I I do want to mention that. I mean, because I mean that was Guy Hamilton's decision, mm-hmm. and and actually Guy Hamilton was actually attached to direct this at one point, okay. and but due to delays, because this movie ended up getting like delayed due to like various different reasons, because it was uh, somebody had like written a script for it, and they said no, that was mine. You know, they they claimed copy. You know, like it was plagiarized, and then yeah. Uh, and then the other thing too is, is like they didn't want to adapt the Spy Who Loved Me book, so they're like, oh, well, so they have to write this completely original idea. And at one mm-hmm. point too, uh, John Landis actually was yeah. like working with with Guy Hamilton too, um, but Guy Hamilton had to step away, so they brought in Lewis Gilbert. And I, I was wondering, can you tell the difference between the two of their directing styles? I think so. Uh, I I do. I think maybe Lewis Gilbert. Um, he plays a little more tongue in cheek. He he really does. He plays a little more silly, but 
it, it feels consistent throughout the whole movie where Guy Hamilton, he has cheese, you know, he does his cheesy moments, but it feels like it's jam packed in the one section or one moment of the movie. You know what I mean? Like it feels like for whatever reason, he decides this is the silly part. Like I think about. But like the the sheriff or whatever coming to Bangkok and it's like, here's exactly. a funny moment or whatever. Yeah. But... yeah, where Lewis Gilbert does a good job of giving like a whole thing a consistent feel. I, I think the biggest thing I noticed is that the personality changes in Bond. Yeah, I could see it. Well, Rod, Roger Moore here feels kind of like his own deal more than anything else. I agree. This is to me, this is like the movie where it's like Roger Moore finally becomes his version of James Bond. Mm-hmm. And because I think the biggest problem was, is that guy Hamilton, he was like, and very early, you know, he was doing, you know, Goldfinger and then doing other and going on. But uh, mm-hmm. they they said like in the documentary, it's just Roger Moore. They were basically just directing him like, oh, just do it how Sean Connery would do it. Type <laughs> yeah. Of thing. And like, oh, yeah, Sean Connery has no problem smacking a woman. Just do it. And, like... <laughs> and Roger Moore is over here, like actually feeling bad for his actions. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I that they wanted to go for someone a lot more suave and a lot more humorous, you know, really mm-hmm. um, like a co- comedic one. Like you said, you know, he's kind of like the funnier Bond. And I think this mm-hmm. one is one where he's like he's definitely busting out like the one liners, like almost every. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> every chance he can. And um, that was my biggest thing I I, I noticed. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely agree. Uh Another thing, another big thing about this one. This is our first appearance of two things in our opening title sequence. That's the Bond in the movie actually being in it. And the song is not the name of the movie, which is a big deal because we've talked about this before where the song they have made songs and like they wouldn't have the name of the movie in it. And they'd be like, no, we can't do that one. It has to have the name of the movie. Well, now we have Carly Simon's Nobody Does It Better as the theme to this one. Well, I mean, they do say the spy who loved me. In they the say they say it in the lyrics, but they, it's not the name of the song. Well, the biggest difference was is that in on Her Majesty's Secret Service, they didn't even play the song. That's the right. Opening, the opening yeah. title sequence. They're like they played it in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Instead, they went for the actual just like instrumental theme in that one. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll be honest, um, recently on another podcast, I'm on Media Boys, we we talked about this song and I, I hadn't watched the movie recent enough when I heard the song. And by itself, I was like, it's not really good. I think in the context of the movie, it works. I really like the opening title sequence. I actually think this is one of the better ones. It's like got red and blue and uh, you see James Bond and a woman and it, it it looks really cool and the song works really well with it it's, it is in an Oscar award nominated song too so you you've officially changed your opinion of that I have. song so that means by the end of this whenever we do the bond songs that it will officially be changed around because i actually appreciate this song a lot more yeah it's i I really, this is probably like my favorite part of the whole movie. I just, I mm-hmm. love the opening. T- the opening title sequence for me is 
I, I really like it. I mean, I know they've, they've done like the Bond girl type of things, but it's like the real, like everything's all slow-mo. You only see silhouettes or mm-hmm. they're obviously like on like a trampoline or something like that, where they're doing like backflips, yeah. that type of thing. Um, I It's honestly, I could, it on depending on the day of the week, I could probably pick this song over Goldfinger. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree because Goldfinger is an incredible song. Don't get me wrong, but it, I, I guess nobody does it better would be a song that I could play anytime. Goldfinger, I, I, it's good, but I'm not like I need to play Goldfinger right now. I need to, I need to listen to this right now. I think this can exist as its own song outside of the movie, kind of like Live and Let Die in a way. Yeah, kind of like Three Blind Mice. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to Three Blind Mice since before I've seen James Bond. <laughs> no, I, 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 I have a lot of James Bond songs on my playlist, so I, not yeah. every single one, but I, I probably have a good like six or seven on there. Yeah, no, I mean, we're we James Bond themes. We have hard competition like before and after this, so we'll see. I don't even. What's the next? Moonraker. I, I forget the theme to Moonraker. I guess we'll see how that goes. Moonraker. Go oh, great job. Oh no, no, I think it's uh Louis Armstrong does that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, that we, we kind of get into the rest of the plot. So th- this one, it's the spy who loved me. It's about a Russian spy and James Bond actually having the work together and they slowly fall in love. Um, so there is a romance. It is Bond being romantic, which kind of calls upon Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Um, and they um, and they actually, uh, well, what I do like in the introduction of these characters is that, you know, it has like the classic Bond, you know, like you said, like he's waking up with a, a woman or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then and then the next scene, it's like a man and a woman in a bed. You don't know who it is. And mm-hmm. the guy is kind of like, I, I got to go, darling. I, I have to like I have to I can't stay. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you hear agent triple X or whatever. And you mm-hmm. and you assume it's the guy. And then it's the one, you know, the woman's the one that reaches over and picks up the phone, which I thought, I, I really like that moment. I just I thought that was clever. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good reveal because what this movie tries to do is it sets up James Bond kind of having his equal, uh, his equal in female form um, played by Barbara Bach. And it is Agent Triple X, who is a Russian spy. Well, you said they're like their equals. And yes, they're equals. uh, uh, You know, and pretty much like the main plot point at at first is that they're both going after this uh, microfilm. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is, right? And it's they're going after these plans basically for this uh destroyer. Yes. And uh when they're in the bar at, at first, I really what I enjoyed is that uh the bartender comes over and Bond is like, Oh yeah, she'll have a whatever you know, I forget what it was, but it was like her favorite drinks, and it's like, Oh, and he'll have a vodka martini shaken, not stirred. So mm-hmm. she already knows like his whole deal and and then that scene too, they actually do reference on our Majesty's Secret Service as well, mm-hmm. and that's because she even said like, "Yeah, oh, and you were married to a wife killed by." He's like, 
all right you, i get it i get it you know who i am yeah. like, <laughs> so even more so it is proven that this is the same james bond as before oh, well no he could have been married to somebody else this i don't think so because i heard that and I, and I was also instantly like oh yeah that's honor majesty secret service because uh yeah wife killed and too bad that plot line never got developed past that point they were pretty quickly just be like yeah we're done with that and then they bring it up again it makes no sense well yeah. i guess what i did want to say so speaking of bond girls since this is a bond girl how do you feel like it compares to the bond girl from honor majesty secret service i still like tracy better me too i do too but, but she's still good in this movie she's She's up there. I mean, she's probably yeah. like one of the best, if not like second best, in my opinion. Because, I mean, Tracy, I mean, it was just she was such a well-developed character. And like you actually felt like emotions mm. like when she does die. And it's I I thought she was just a better character at, in general. I mean, her, though, I mean, um, Barbara Bach's character is that she she does such a uh well job like you know playing a spy and everything and she does like on occasion you know she does get the upper hand on bond which is nice yes. to see yeah and she also gets witty one-liners like it throughout the whole movie too it, it's it's really fun how well they play off of each other here uh but in the meantime of all of this we do get introduced to our main villain um and that's what i was when i was thinking about this movie he is one of the main reasons I don't like this movie as much. I think that the villain in this is is pretty weak. I think uh, I think just not enough development there. I I don't know. I, how did you feel about him? No, I mean I I I can see your point with that one, but yeah, I, I mean to me it's like it's not so weak for me where it was completely noticeable. Is he lesser than? other bond villains definitely I, I i will agree with that yeah but um, but he's definitely not the worst i will say that <laughs> no yeah um i at least like his plot i i do like the idea it, you know it's kind of silly where it's about atlantis he wants to start an underwater civilization so he's going to destroy the world and uh and the make... giant bug yeah, with the giant bug and then make it so everybody wants to live underwater. I I like this setup because this is way later in the movie, but I like that he gets asked, like, oh, what kind of money do you need so you can stop this? And he's like, I don't I don't want money. I want to destroy the earth. I really could care less about money. So it yeah. makes it that much more evil. Right. He that's he pretty much just does does not care. He wants to live in his ocean world and not be bothered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I do like his introduction though, uh, where he uh he's having he's in like his uh dining chambers and these two mm -hmm. scientists come in. He's like, Great job, you know, guys, you, you came up with a great plan there and mm -hmm. he said, But somebody's been leaking information and then he tells his uh mistress to she's excused and then when she goes in the elevator, it's like, Oh, I knew it was you the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And then she falls in the shark infested water and this is obviously like uh, uh ripped off from austin powers they, they, you know i'm just kidding, yeah but, but austin powers definitely played off of this this was one that was heavy with the the you know the sharks with the laser beams on their head and like 
just like it's so silly over the top because she slides down the water slide and goes yeah. into the shark infested waters. It really, it, uh, they, it's really great. They didn't explain how they shot that because I, I wanted to see because they, uh-huh. they, the, the shark was actually ramming this girl like in the yeah. in the chest, and I'm like, that shark is really, really close to this yeah. woman. And like later on in the movie, another there's another scene with the sharks, and like there's like red all in the water and everything, and somebody's in the water with these sharks, and I was like. Man, how did they do this? Because, you know, last behind the scenes feature, we got to hear about the sharks and how they handled that. Um, mm-hmm. But not this time. They they wanted to keep their secrets. And something tells me that maybe uh, maybe maybe this woman actually died on screen and they put it into the movie. Jaws. Yeah, exactly. Jaws. <laughs> you, mean, you mean the actor who's in this movie um, who who is playing Richard Keel? Uh that was a joke. His his name I, is Richard. His name is Richard Keel in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah, played actor's by name is Jaws. Played by fa- the famous Jaws, who you might know from the movie Jaws, the documentary about him. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is the movie where we get introduced to probably one of, if not the most famous Bond henchman, Jaws. Um, played by Richard Keel, huge dude with metal teeth that can like bite through anything. I watching this movie i understand why this character has like gone on to be remembered because it is such a goofy concept and this he has so much humor to this character i i don't know there's something about him that is lovable i just like you know he always walks in the room he's got like he's got like a big like goofy grin on his face and he's just so he could see his teeth mm-hmm. and, yeah and uh it's like a a vampire or whatever like he just like bites chunks out of people's necks <laughs> yeah no I, I i love it and he bites through metal chains at some point during the movie um, yeah he's got got super strength um but uh richard keel he was talking about wearing those teeth and he just said it was so uncomfortable and you can only wear them for like 30 second intervals because i don't know if you've ever had like an impression done in your mm-hmm. mouth but it's like it it's like a really, really awful feeling. Yeah, I, it's it just—it's very, very uncomfortable. I can only imagine. Um, that does not sound like fun. Like I'm sure back now, if they did this, it, it would be CG, and that would save that would save some pain. Oh yeah, CGI teeth—that would be so much better. Oh yeah, I agree. I, I, have you ever seen the movies where they add CGI tears? I think that's so much better than real emotion. Yeah. Well, why are you guys crying like suckers? And we could just edit in later. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's what the director should say all the time. Uh, but there's another kind of like I don't think it's too important, but I do love the scene where uh, Bond is kissing uh, a lady, and he, there's a shooter at the top of a ledge that goes to shoot Bond, and of course he turns her into the bullet. This is just a Bond trademark at this point. Well, the weird that seems like me- that seems a little messed up though, because because <laughs> he does he's kissing her, mm-hmm. and you know he's like he knows something's up and cause he's like, cause she's like, Oh, like, like she's basically throwing herself at him. And you know, she's kind of looking mm-hmm. you know, for the shooter, like, like, Oh, when's he going to shoot him type of thing. And, mm-hmm. and then like, but as bond is kissing her, like literally within seconds, like she's like, has a change of heart 
<laughs> that's right yeah and, and then she yells no because she, when she finally sees the shooter and then yeah he still like pulls her in front of the bullet and she gets mm-hmm. shot even though she just saved his life yeah 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 <laughs> man roger moore because all they did was kiss roger moore's kiss must have been that must have been life-changing a nice way to die i guess Last well that's like the that I mean, that's the Bond trope. Like Bond just has to sleep with your Kisha one time, and just like I'm a good guy now. Yeah, I I love you so much now. Too bad the spy didn't do this. Uh, <laughs> at least <laughs> Agent Triple X didn't fight for forever on this one. Um, but there's this whole chase scene in Egypt that happens because we end up in Egypt, um, which is partly I, I think part of it's really cool. I guess there's only one thing. It's very nitpicky, uh, but uh, there's a really cool light show. People are watching and actually watching the behind the scenes kind of enhanced this for me. Um, I, only one part. There's one part and we'll get into this, but I think it was all it, it was mostly done um, with effect. It's mostly effect work. And I think for the most part, it works pretty well. I actually think it looks really good. I was surprised to hear this. No, I mean, probably like the most impressive thing about this movie is like one, the production design and like doing like the miniature effects in this in these movies too, or they look really good. I mean, it just we'll get to it later, but there's like, you know, even the like gadget scenes, like the car later, it just everything looks just looks so impressive in this one. Yeah, I agree. But there is one part that I noticed while watching and I was like, that looks so bad and that's um there's a part where people are moving on the side bond is supposed to be sneaking watching and after watching the behind the scenes it's like okay this is why this looks so bad because it even i just didn't understand it i was kept looking at it like what is wrong here <laughs> something's really wrong here they took a photo of roger moore and just put it behind a thing and it's not moving not breathing nothing it is just dead standing there and i love in the behind the scenes like and nobody noticed and i'm like i noticed I <laughs> me i did uh-huh. yeah i thought that was rough but it happens for like two seconds you said i want my money back yeah yeah i mean i did rent this so amazon please give me my money back uh but yeah, I mean, I the music in this one's pretty good. Uh, this is kind of where I at least started to notice the music. It's a little cheesy, a little electronic, but I, you hear the, the the nobody does it better. You know, it plays in and out. I really like that about it. Oh no, I was gonna say yeah. There's the chase scene in there. Um, and Jaw. Well, one thing that I did really like about this chase scene personally, Jaws shows up and the lights are there. Bond's about to shoot Jaws. And then the lights go away and they come back up and then Joss has just disappeared. This giant man has just gone away. <laughs> like, I don't know how he did it, but he he disappeared very quickly. Um, but no, I think the chasing here is really well done. Yeah, I, I like the part, too, because later they get into like uh, the van that and uh, Jaws is there and Jaws starts to like. They're trying to drive away, but Jaws keeps grabbing the van, just ripping off the van, like, piece by piece. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it, that's the one liner that made me laugh was uh, they kept backing up and going forward. And uh, I think Agent uh, Triple X said, uh, uh, shaken, not stirred to, to Bond. My only thing, Bond is playing it too, like too tongue-in-cheek jokingly during this they're in danger and all he could do is smile and shuffle through the keys and be like is this the right one and i'm like 
dude, you you guys could be dead soon. Stop joking. Well, that's that. Okay, that this is like the one part I didn't like was like yeah. that scene was uh because Bond was clearly like trying to like take the take the reins and like he wanted to be the one to drive the van or whatever because mm-hmm. he wants to be the big shot and then but when uh when she drives it it's like oh well now i'm just gonna make snide remarks this whole time yeah exactly i'm i'm gonna pout over here i'm gonna be a, i'm gonna be a baby about this one yeah but um, uh she she does get away and and they uh jaws like has like a big rock and it look like throws it and like just drops it on like on his foot or whatever yeah yeah oh you know something we forgot a really important plot point that kind of pulls together the whole movie agent triple x um someone her lover was killed by bond and it's kind of a revenge thing but as we get through the movie they get romantic and it becomes like oh well this relationship it's gonna have to end eventually because i'm gonna kill you bond this is all gonna end with your death once this whole mission is over when you think about it it's pretty dark that like you know it's such a big deal for her that bond Mm -hmm. has killed all killed her lover because he was like one of the skiers in the beginning of the movie yeah and uh, you know and now it's like and it's like you killed my lover and he's just like who like he's bond has killed so many people yeah in his lifetime he's just like um, they all blend together yeah that's what it came out to be i really like that moment because he's like you know i've killed many people i'm not sure but then he just goes yeah I, i did i did I did kill him, you know. Uh, there's really no way to say that he didn't, I guess. And nothing turns a woman on more than getting it on with the murder of your lover. Yeah, it, it just makes her even more conflicted <laughs> in the end. This this man, uh, I actually, I do really like their relationship. I, I do. I, I do. Actually, I do. Yeah. I do too. I, I, I'm joking, but I really do like their chemistry together. Yeah, I think they have. A, they play off each other really well. They both come off as equals, and I always enjoy that from a bond girl much like honor majesty's secret service is we get so many like bond girls at least up to this point that just feel like a comic either comedy or a sex symbol and this it's kind of a sex symbol but also a strong sex symbol at the same time i like the ones that are a little more fleshed out that that actually Mm -hmm. have a personality or that seems somewhat competent Mm because It, like, for the like last couple kissy. Of, sorry <laughs> kissy was fine i did my i mean at least kissy was like an agent but that, that's true <laughs> like go but, ahead sorry um no i was i was more talking about uh jill uh jill saint john or whatever her oh, name yeah. was from diamonds are forever it was just like like i'm a total idiot like i'm just gonna make all the wrong decisions and make everything mm-hmm. really difficult like that type of stuff it's uh, to me it's like i immediately write them off if they're a character like that where it's just like like oh we're just gonna get a dumb bimbo or whatever and it's exactly like, someone to make fun uh, of yeah but this one like i said it her tracy like i said they they're completely fleshed out characters that can hold their own against bond they get their upper hand you know they actually make it look like you know they could stand their own if the bond was not around yeah um and I just think it works really well, especially with the fact that they they start having to do business together because the English and the and the Russians they they come together. Um, and 
they they get really talkative there's a lot of talking and slower moments in this one and i i like the moments where they're like i really wish i could tell you about some of the things i've done some of my business but i i can't because you're also you're the enemy but also i have to work with you and i think those conversations are actually kind of interesting um, yeah, how how awkward do you think the breakup was at the end of this? Like up the the <laughs> like the stuff between this and Moonraker. Wait, are you saying she's not back in Moonraker? Uh, uh oh. Oh no! Does he fall in love with an alien in that one? We can only yeah. I can only hope that's where this franchise is going. I think I think that would fit. James Bond could just you know date an alien. At this point, I, I'm sure he would. I would sure he would do everything in his power to have it happen. Yeah. Uh, but I do like that they meet up with each other and we actually get another like cue testing scene that's a bit wackier. Uh, there's like the test dummy where that's like on a springboard. And isn't there one mm-hmm. that shoots like ink at one point? Like a bunch of ink spills out. Um, yeah, there, there's that one. And then there's the decapitating tray table. Mm-hmm. that's right no there this is really good i really like this part and I, and I really like that they were together watching the video trying to get clues on what's going on with these submarines and how they're trying to like play off each other both the spies like yeah i know this for a fact and then their boss is praising them and then the other one would one up them it was just like a back and forth game i really like that yeah um, they they were I liked it, yeah, because when they're looking, they're looking at a slide, and I mean, I know right, I could tell right away it was because it says oratory, yeah. and they're like, they're like, oh, an oratory, what is that? Oh, you know, that's like for churches and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, it's all, it's, it's obviously laboratory, like, what, <laughs> like what? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this all comes to a head. Well, you get one of the more famous cars. Um, let me get the, the Lotus. I know, I know it's a Lotus. Um, Lotus, but yeah. Lotus es- Esperit. Uh, yeah, the Lotus Esperit, which is a really nice looking car. I think it's considered one of the most famous Bond cars other than the Aston Martin, of course. Um, and yeah. And the big thing is, is it can go underwater. It's a submarine, too. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty sweet. I, I, I like it. I really like the look of this car. It's very future. It's really forward thinking for 77. It looks like a car from the 80s. No, and I mean, it, it. You know, younger me when I was watching this movie for the first time, I'm like, "Well, they actually have cars that can do that." Like, <laughs> like, well, you know who owns this car now, right? No, no, uh, and I can't believe we're bringing him up on the show. Elon Musk owns the Lotus Spirit now, and he is oh. actually looking to make it a submersible car. He wants to make it the first real submersible car yes and that and he bought it i think in like 2013 or something so you know how good that's going uh you know real salt of the earth that guy yeah one wonderful man maybe we'll get him on some point uh, yeah <laughs> but but no i know i i do love the way the car looks and uh and like i said i was wondering the whole time about how they were shooting all this and mm-hmm. i've watching the documentary they did clue you in it's just they needed like seven different cars and mm-hmm. they all, they all had their own functions. Like the wheels would fold in. That was a car. Like the, the wings would come out. That was another car, like the car falling into the water. That was another car. So they just needed, yeah. they needed seven different cars to make this one scene work. 
and it all looks pretty seamless. You told me this just now. I'm surprised. I was like, okay, well, yeah, you know, it was one car that did this, you know, like I think, I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, and, and all of this looks pretty seamless. I, I really like the underwater bits. I this is one thing that I kind of didn't like about this movie. I thought the chase scene was a little too long here. Maybe I'm showing my hand here because, like Thunderball, I maybe underwater action just isn't my thing. You're you're a, you're a sci-fi guy, so it's like the further you go below sea level, you're just like the further you get away from space, you're like this this is not it's, my thing. Yeah, I don't I don't like this. I mean, I deep underwater is pretty scary um maybe we'll watch that movie sphere one day which yeah, i, I mean, think is getting a, a remake you weren't a big fan of Twenty Thousand leagues you weren't a big fan uh, of... it was all right <laughs> <laughs> you're like you and ocean just do not agree i guess not but i will we'll do water world one day we'll see how that goes <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i mean th- for me that wasn't cool but i do really like the car i like the look of it but we eventually do finally run into the villain here. And like we talked about before, he talks about his motives, about how he wants to start an underwater civilization because the ocean has all of the life that the world needs. It's all right here. Um, And that's about it. I really wish there was more. I I really, I, I just don't think he really brings an interesting element here. Like, I don't know if it's him or the, the villain. It's himself. I just don't find him all that menacing. No, I mean, like, I, I, to me, I mean, he's, to me, he's pretty mid. I mean, mm. that's just, it's, he's pretty middle of the pack. I mean, you have somebody like Scott Amongo, you know, from the last one. It's just like Christopher Lee, like, amazing actor, like, playing Man. a villain, Bert, too, you know. Yeah, well, no, it, and I was about to, too bad he's, like, in kind of a weaker Bond movie overall, right? Right, and if he'd done, like, something like this where it's, like, Christopher Lee, like going on these really long monologues, talking about how great it is to live in the ocean. I mean, that would have, can you imagine it then? Like, (laughs) (laughs) that sounds awesome. That actually sounds really good. Or Donald Sutherland in this one. Oh, man. But I feel like Donald Sutherland can only exist in a, like, like in a Sean Connery bond. I I think that just makes it work all around. Um, Yeah. It'd be hard to picture him anything but Blofeld. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, I do like the look of Atlantis, which is like it almost looks like a spider in a way. It's like a giant black thing and has like four legs and kind of like a round top to it. It's definitely an interesting design. So they do got that. Yeah. And Ken Adams actually uh, earned an Oscar nomination for a production design in this movie. You said earned. He earned an Oscar nomination. Oh, he earned an Oscar nomination. I was gonna say, did he win for this? I want I gotta know what, what beat it if he didn't. Uh it says it was beaten by this movie called Star Wars. What? You're telling me a more Star Star Wars? I mean, we've we've mentioned it like a couple of times, I think. I it, mean uh... it, it, I think it keeps coming up, this little movie. Um, God, it's just like like this little dumb B movie that like everyone hates. Yeah, and Spy Who Loves Me is the movie that like people remember, and like Oscars normally do, they they pick the movie that nobody remembers. Oh, and um, also that same year, Close Encounters of the Third Kind was nominated. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay. 
that's pretty good. I know that one. I know my Spielberg. Don't get me. Get me. Oh yeah. Yeah. There ha- you haven't seen a Spielberg that you haven't liked. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I love Spielberg. <laughs> I've seen Ready Player One more than once. <laughs> uh, but I was gonna say too, we didn't mention earlier. You did say that this movie was uh, nominated uh, for best original song too. Yeah. Uh, the and it was it it uh it lost to one of those move one of those songs where like the song is more popular than the movie. Really. And yeah, and that is the song "You Light Up My Life." Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. From what movie? <laughs> uh, it's from the movie "You Light Up My Life." No way. Who would have thought? Oh, see, there we go. If if the name if the song from the movie was called "The Spy Who Loved Me," it would have won. Yeah, probably. Pe- yeah, pe- people just didn't know what it know what it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's same with writings on the wall. <laughs> well, that one won. It did. What a yeah, tra- what what a travis. <laughs> that's right, because that's his like famous speech where he says he's like uh he said he was the first gay person, openly gay person to win an Oscar, which was which was wrong. Oh yeah, and then I didn't he say something like he was like he wrote that like after getting like broken up too. Like it was just a very Yeah. Even very... though it's obviously him trying to make a skyfall. Yeah, it's that well we'll we'll get into that song a little later. <laughs> Way later, but it'll be here before we know it because we're already deep in the bond and Godzilla. But let's circle back to the movie. Um how how did you feel about this ending overall? It was good. I I I like I what I really liked was uh when they got onto the on the sub, you know, obviously since that one sub was captured, they actually went into like the the gallow or whatever you whatever you call it the the, the little like prison area like the holding area oh, yeah. they were keeping out those soldiers and they pulled them out like come on lads let's go like and and they all just came in and joined in in the fight i i really like that part yeah i i like that too because uh yeah they, they bring in a bunch of uh americans into this and they all die they're all like like I, there's that one scene where uh there's like the one hero that rises above the bunch and like, let's lead the charge. And then they go upstairs to the upper part of this layer and all of them just die. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I saw this character and was like, Oh wow. They're really setting up like a second hero, another person that's going to be the winner here. No, he, he dies very quickly. Um, they're setting up an American James Bond spinoff. That's what I was thinking. This was the backdoor pilot, uh, but no, uh, you know, it, it does give James Bond a chance to be a little more cunning. It actually reminded me a lot of the last movie, because uh, you remember the last movie with the laser and the sun and the sun was covered by clouds. And, you know, it, it was like mm-hmm. if it just went off, Bond would be dead. They kind of have a similar situation here where he has to take apart like a nuclear missile and he can't touch the sides. It's like operation it's operation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like operation. And he's like shaky. Like, well, he's not shaky, but everyone else is shaky as he's pulling it out. And everybody's I, just I like watching everyone. Everyone's just staring at him with bated breath, just like. Oh, is he gonna do it? Is he gonna do it? <laughs> yeah, and you know what? James Bond does it. This is the part where I was like, God, I, I was just thinking about James Bond's history, and it's like he has so many stories of saving the world. Like this man is truly like the the undercover hero of the entire universe. 
and like the margin of error is very very low so i mean yeah. he, could, I, he could easily just like just imagine if he just like breathed like a little slightly differently and just tapped it and just everyone just dies yeah exactly but no he, he like if one explosion went off in there it would be done but no he blows up the wall um jaws does show up again and there is that scene where jaws um jaws goes in with the shark and he like bites the shark and there's blood everywhere i wanted to know how they kind of did this scene um but it was a real shark it was a real shark. He bit off the shark, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, I'll be asking the same questions in the next one. How did they do this? But you'll have to stay <laughs> tuned for Thursday. Uh, but Jaws actually gets away at the end of this movie. Yeah. Jaws gets away. We'll get to see him again throughout the whole franchise up until uh, Spectre. So. What? Yeah. I mean, like, why couldn't him and Knickknack just team up? Now, see, it would be like the Ho- Hobbs and... What's the other guy's name? Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Jaws. Yeah, Hobbs and Jaws. I I think Jaws just deserves like his own movie, like Jaws. Yeah. Oh my uh, God, it happened. That's right. <laughs> well, then technically, wouldn't this this movie be like a spinoff of Jaws? It would. It would. Jaws think, came out before this. Do you think this movie was playing off of Jaws a little? Because Jaws fever with the water. Hmm. I could see it. I pretty much a, a thousand percent. They did, yes, but... Yeah. I don't know why I didn't just connect this into my head until right now, but yeah, I, I think so. Because it definitely but went the, into production the, around the same time. Well, the, the his character's name in the book was called Horror. <laughs> of course it was. God, wasn't he such a great writer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So creative. <laughs> um it's not like he wrote like I hear about the plots of the books to these and every time it's this one's set in Jamaica like like half of his books are set <laughs> over there I I was wondering like I was like all like it's like I because I think he lived like in the tropics so I think yeah. he was just like yes I'm just looking out the window yes Jamaica <laughs> yeah did, I forget what's the name of his um the place where he lived was it Goldeneye I guess it's not important but but yeah, no, it, it, Ian Fleming is, uh, man, I, at least he gave us a cool character uh, and some cool movies. Um, nobody likes those books. Well, as of right now, actually, the publisher that publishes the, those books is going back and censoring a lot of the stuff upon re-release. Um, wow. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, which is super funky. I don't, I definitely do not like that. They're, they're getting rid of a lot of the problematic stuff, but it was... It was time and place, of course. You just know, go in knowing it was made at a very different time, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think overall, well, I guess I should ask: Is there anything else you want to add on? Well, uh, there is a pretty funny ending scene, but go go ahead. No, yeah, that was I was if I was going to mention anything, it would be that or like mm-hmm. after all that. Well, because she says. She does say to Bond at the end, she's like, I am going to kill you after this mission's over. Mm-hmm. And then like the second the mission's over, like they're in the little escape pod and she's got a gun pointed at him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do like that. He like kind of turns and then but you know what? He's like, I want I want one last wish. Um, and 
why would you grant this to him? Why would she be like, what is it? Well, I know why she did. Because secretly she loves him. Who doesn't love their, the person that loves, <laughs> the person that killed well, their that, lover? Well, that's why, Nathan, like right after they had sex, Bond killed her. Well, oh, <laughs> is that why she's not a moonraker? It would make sense. She's kind of a liability. <laughs> Can he really trust her? It's like, well, I can't trust you. You try to kill me. Yeah. Well, I do think it's funny. They're like in that submersible uh, and they get away from and they're like, oh, we can have sex right now. Nobody's going to know. And then in classic fashion, somehow they don't feel the force of them getting pulled out of the water by a crane or anything. And, oh, M's there and uh, and her boss is there and they they catch him um they catch them having sex but then they draw the curtains on it they're like hey stop, stop watching pull the drawstring it's funny i think it's a pretty funny ending yeah. it's super cheesy yeah you know just one piece of fabric just separates you and <laughs> having sex with like a room full of people little did they know that the walls of this thing were really thin and they heard they heard everything uh they had to dunk it back under the water um (laughs) (laughs) but no i i think overall i think you know it's a fun bond i i do have my issues with it um but i'll be i'll be interested to know where this one ranks in your on your scale but i'm I'm not going to reveal it now well i mean it'll get revealed once we hit the end of the roger moore movies um but yeah well if it's not any secret at this point i i did like this one a lot so Mm. yeah no and i'm glad you really enjoyed it so it it's up there i already know your ranking okay well just wait, maybe Moonraker will beat it at the top spot. <laughs> it might, it might beat it. I haven't seen Moonraker in a while either. Yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, I so it's a recommend from you, and you know what? I'll recommend it as well. I'll say definitely check it out. Um, How gracious! <laughs> but <laughs> Ryan, what are we covering on Thursday? Well, you know, there's one thing. Who's your favorite football team? Football team. Uh, the Orlando Magic, right? That's basketball. I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, the Patriots. They win all the time, so they have to be my favorite. Uh, no, Nathan. The correct answer was the Jets. The Jets. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, so what are we covering? <laughs> well, Soul Plane. <laughs> well, no, Nathan. How could you forget? So it's a Godzilla movie, but there's a new character in town, and his name is Jet Jaguar. And this it uh, this one's going to be called Godzilla versus Megalon, and it is free on YouTube right now. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to go see that one, and I'll and I'll root for the Jets as always. But. If you want to send us an email, send us an email at drivingdoublefeaturepodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can tweet at us at DIDFpod. But until next time. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>